and welcome to Seen and Nerd. I'm um, I'm trying to read my notes and I can't follow them. But tonight we're catching up with indie filmmaker Jackie Dallas debating the Game of Thrones season seven finale, and Will and I will definitely be talking about our opinions on Netflix series Ozark. I'm your host Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer Will Polk. Long time no podcast, buddy. How have you been? Doing well, buddy. It's been yeah, it has been a couple weeks. I know we we took the Labor Day weekend off. Hope everyone had a had a good Labor Day weekend, and uh, it's great to be great to be back on with you tonight, sir. And yeah, yeah. Um, what you been up to? I've been um, meandering around. You know, I don't have to worry about hurricane seasons. Yes. Like other people do, but I've just been safe on my little island. Experiencing a lot of rain, trying yeah. to avoid a certain horror movie that's out right now. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Speaking of horror movies, uh, we're definitely thinking about all the folks in, in Florida and also Georgia's. Irma's working her way up the southeast. Uh, prayers to y'all and, and, and best wishes. And on that note, Jackie's yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. We'll light it up, y'all. Yeah, we'll light it up here. Welcome back, Jackie. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be back. Yeah, we don't we don't want to spend the next forty minutes talking about hurricanes. We'd rather talk about you and all of the look into the fire news that you can share with us. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, we finished filming, so we're done with principal photography on the film. Um, I'm so relieved, guys. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I definitely like did not know how much I was biting off before I chewed on that one. I, it it was great. It was such a good experience. I learned so much, but man, I put out a tweet like a couple of weeks ago and I was like, indie filmmaking, if you're not panicking, like you're not doing it right. I was just panicking 24 <laughs> seven. Like what could go wrong? What do I need to fix? Like, how can we, how can we make this happen? Change of plans. Oh my gosh. Like, the actor forgot their pants, like... What? Oh, my God. oh yeah. Yeah, okay, so... Yeah, so you, you got... Okay, we were going to ask, you know, what's one of your... One of the best stories from the set? So I think this might... So hopefully this is one of many. <laughs> no, actually, it's it's not as exciting as it sounds. It oh. was just a continuity issue, the, the costume. And he came in, he brought the shirt, and he brought everything, but he didn't bring the same pants that he was wearing. So we're like, okay, well, what do we do? That wasn't that wasn't even a huge issue. One of the bigger stories is um, so we had a we had an ambulance scene um, where we needed an ambulance and it was very like you know dramatic and looked cool you know lights and sirens and mm-hmm. ambulance. Um, 8 p.m. the night before the ambulance scene, which was supposed to start filming at 10 a.m. 7:51, I get a text message. I was like, oh, by the way. Our ambulance is having radiator issues, so we're going to have to take it to the shop, oh, and we're not oh, going to be able to film with you tomorrow. I was like, what? Oh, gosh. Wow. Oh, that yeah. put a wrench in the plans. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. So I, like, I couldn't even deal with it that night because I was still on set the night, like, that evening. I was still right. on set. Um, that, and that was a big day, too, because we were filming with Greg Henry. Um, so we were trying to get all of those scenes down and perfect. and. Mm-hmm awesome and amazing and they were um so yeah i get home at like 10 11 o'clock and i'm just like i need to find an ambulance in 12 hours wow. 
<laughs> wow. mission, did you, cue, did you cue the Mission one? Impossible music there. We did, yeah. Um, huge shout out to Royal Ambulance here in the Bay Area who came through. Um, awesome. I was literally just like cold calling places. And a lot of them were like, the, you know, they were sympathetic and they wanted to help. But they were like, we're sorry, we're booked. We've got actual <laughs> to go to like dialysis. You know, and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> but we've got a movie to make here, people. <laughs> priorities. Priorities. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's funny because when you first went into like what the tweet said, I was expecting like, oh, I, there was this emergency and it's not going to be available or something else is happening where they can't like allow you guys to use the ambulance. But then you're like, oh, it's just mechanical issues like everyday life. Yeah. But the really funny thing about it is we got. Um, well, now I won't even get into it. <laughs> There's there's every day there was something, you know what I mean? And it's like some mm-hmm. of them are small, some of them are big. Like one of the houses that we uh, we filmed at um, the day before, we're just like, OK, so we're going to be filming here. Oh, by the way, guys, the heat has brought in the ants. So we have an ant infestation. Oh, wow. Like, oh, Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll have to work around that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what, what's next, locust? I mean... <laughs> That's what I was saying. Did you ever, um, I'm really curious about this because I'm wondering if um, some of the solutions were changing the shooting order or was that just strict and like, no, we can't change that. So how do we maybe instead of doing wide shots, you do close ups only. Did you did you guys try to come up with those solutions or was it just about finding what was needed? The the way that we kind of structured our shooting schedule was location based um, because we did have a lot of really cool locations that we filmed at. And it just made sense to film at like all of those remote places at once. Um, so obviously not in order of the movie. Um, so we did we did everything by location. So whatever difficulties that arose pending on that location, we just kind of figured out, like, do we have to change this from a wide shot to a close up shot? Um, right. have to change the angles do we have to change this well we were supposed to have this prop can we now use this instead will the story still work if we do this oh there's another one this is a good little twist um we had <laughs> one role that was cast we had one role that was cast and the the person basically who was cast for this role did not show up <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> did they give you any reason? That they... Like, no, they they ghosted us. That's what they did. They ghosted us. Oh my god! I don't know what happened. <laughs> so we we kind of were like, well, crap. What do we do? And it wasn't a huge role. It was like you know a little a small little bit, but really funny. We didn't want to get rid of it, so we ended up recasting it with one of our crew members. How do you want to? <laughs> do you want to be in a movie? <laughs> wow, that's, that's but, great. Well, yeah, you know, we, we did a lot of improvising and just kind of, you know, diverting crises whenever we could. Um, but at the end of the day, we got all our shots. Everything looks great. Um, I was. We've been really, really fortunate to work with such a good crew and a good mm-hmm. cast, and everyone was super flexible and super hardworking and long days hot days, cramped quarters. Um, everyone really pulled through and I'm really excited about it, guys. Really, really excited. Well, can't How wait. long was the shoot? 
We filmed for 15 very long days. Mm. <laughs> very long days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So 15 days total. Um, three weeks, basically. Mm. Um, but even on like the, our weekends were Thursdays and Fridays. Um, but even on the weekends, I mean, like I was running around trying to like get things prepared for the following week, going buying crafty, you know, trying to buy coffee and bagels and <laughs> right. It's like yeah, all the things we 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 decided to become a producer. It's like I didn't know I had to produce the coffee and the bagels as well. But yeah. <laughs> also, you well, had I to produce like, that ambulance. Too. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget that. <laughs> Yeah, um, indie productions, you know, we, we wear a lot of hats, so yeah. whatever it takes to get the film done is what we do. So I know you <laughs> mentioned uh, having to recast, and I was just very curious, mm-hmm. uh, how did y'all uh, were able to acquire uh, casting Greg Henry? Um, so Greg Henry and I actually share the same Comic-Con agent um, oh. for public appearances. Oh. Yeah, so we had, we had a, 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 you know, a little connect there. And, um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like kind of breaching some sort of code, but I reached out and I was like, Hey, so (laughs) maybe this might be something you're interested in. You know, Oh, went through the proper channels. We went through the agents, Mm -hmm. um, and everything kind of just trickled through appropriately. My people called his people, you know, (laughs) Oh yeah, the famous, my people get touch with your people. Sorry. Perfect. (laughs) You're all Hollywood. You're Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love saying that. My yeah. people call your people. You know. <laughs> no, so but we were, <laughs> we were so we were so uh, we were so excited, so excited that he agreed to sign on for the project. And yeah, it's funny. Yeah. When, when I, it's well, funny when uh, when when you announced that. Uh, I think I think Payback was on that night on like Epics or something. So I was like, okay, I gotta uh-huh. watch it now. Just you know. It's like I have like one degree of separation from someone I'm watching on TV. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to be yeah, to be honest, we we put out, I don't know, we we put out the feelers, but we weren't sure if he was gonna say yes. You know, it was one of those when he agreed to it. We were like, oh my god, it's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> everyone, get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow during the shoot, we are going to have a dress code. <laughs> Don't look him in the yeah. eye. Yeah. <laughs> Call him sir, please. <laughs> right? Oh, and by the way, you don't have an ambulance. Don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when we first had you on, Jackie, you talked about the casting process. You you spoke to us about how you were involved with the script and going through it with um, the director. I, I'm interested to know about now that the shooting has wrapped, how is your role as a producer transitioning into post-production? Um, I'm pretty much going to be a lot more hands-off now that it's in post-production. Mm-hmm. Um, our cinematographer and our sound guy, they have pretty much taken over as far as the editing process goes, which is really great because since they were the ones who were filming it they know the shots they had the vision um mm-hmm. i think it'll make the editing portion a lot more seamless and less painful um i don't know anything about editing <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just going to trust their judgments and um you know i've worked with them before and i've seen other stuff that they've edited and i mean i trust them implicitly i really really do mm-hmm. um 
and knowing like being there when we got the shots when we we're actually filming like I mean I'm happy with everything that we got so visually mm-hmm. speaking I think it's gonna look great it's just a matter of I don't know words I don't even understand color correcting I don't even know what that means you know making <laughs> sounds like that I have no idea <laughs> that's all their expertise oh, yeah. so tag, tag they're it um, yeah. I am still kind of behind the scenes as far as um, in regards to producing, like I'm still in talks with like our investors and people that are, you know, working with us as far as getting the film finished. Mm-hmm. Um, we have distribution producers that I'm speaking with who have various abilities to, you know, say, Hey, we can get this out to Showtime. We can get this out to HBO. We can get this out to DVD. We can do this internationally. Wow. We could do this, you know? So, so little by little, we're kind of, you know, moving in that direction now. Um, Mm -hmm. but ultimately like, you know, they need to see, they need to see the videos. So nothing can really, really happen until we've got a final cut. Right. How how long do you think all the post-production is going to take? Oh, it's going to take a couple months for sure. (laughs) They got to color correct, Will. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Don't you know that's (laughs) Um, yeah, so between like getting a, like a rough draft going um, and then getting it down to a picture lock, we also have a composer who is on standby with us waiting for that. Um, and then he'll start composing score and music and sounds. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the composers <laughs> also have to watch the film in order to compose? Correct. Yeah. So. That's cool. They have to wow. because everything like timing wise has to match the scenes, right? So right. even though we can rough draft on, we have to get it down to what we call picture lock. Picture lock is when even there might be a few tweaks and changes, at least the video portion of it, the timing of it is final, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we send to them. And um based on that, they come up with the music for it. They come up with the score, they come up with um, like the transitions, like where they want to build up tension and where they want to build up suspense and where they want to, I don't know, make it emotional. I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever amazing things that the music people do. Right. right. They <laughs> do amazing it's, things. Yeah. It's such a huge component of like tone of a film, you know, like mm-hmm. lighting is yeah. super important, but music is huge. Like if you watch a movie on mute, it has a completely different effect. It does. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that is that is something that I think is going to do really, really good things for the film. Um, but that's later down the line because we got to get all the video portions done first. Mm, that's great. That's interesting. I I didn't expect you to say, like, oh, I'm, I've now handed it off. I, I don't know why <laughs> I was under. But but it makes sense. It does, because it's not you, you're that's technical stuff that you're not familiar with so instead the producer's role changes from crisis management to more distribution and once we do have the final product what are the next steps and coordinating those so mm-hmm. so I guess in retrospect that actually does make a lot of sense for how it changes over the course of the entire film sure yeah cool. Very, very fancy. Well, so <laughs> even though even though you're exhausted and it sounds like you're dealing with like almost a newborn child who you've given up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you, doing, yeah. 
in the grandparents' house for a minute. <laughs> Are you going to have another one anytime soon? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I feel... I feel like I'm glad I did this once. Um, I've learned a lot. I've kind of got a little bit of this, maybe I want to produce bug out of my system for a minute. Okay. Um, it's like a tattoo, though. I feel like you can never say never. Because that's what everyone says. All of my filmmaker friends who produce their own movies, who direct their own movies, they, especially after a feature, not even like a short film, but a feature, mm-hmm. it's like, they're just like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask. So, I mean, you've done production now. Do you have any, you know, we might have asked you this before, but any interest in di- directing? Yeah, I have a huge interest in directing. I think that um, I was really, really fortunate to work with Tim, who is um, a phenomenal director, but he's also very open to collaboration and ideas. And we worked really closely on this film together. Um, trying to bring his vision to life and also trying to make the film the best that it could be visually speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy the creative aspect of it a lot. I feel like on the production side, you're kind of like just the logistics making things happen. Mm-hmm. But I think the creative side of being like, you know, I think the, like the camera should be from this angle. What if we like rack focus from this to this? What if we deliver the line this way? What if um, you use flare, flare, flare lenses? Was a lot of fun. Flare lighting too, you know. Don't forget the flare lighting. Mm-hmm. Flare. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought that was a really really um, fun process also. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I and and I can I can almost see it like visually in my head too, like how the movie would look on screen, and it's like, oh, that's so mm. neat being able to like communicate that and convey that, and like everyone's in agreement, and it's like, okay, we're gonna do this and this and this and that. Would um, you- and then. Actually seeing it is like it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Would you do would you do the dual role of acting and directing or would you just this time stay completely behind the camera? Um, I think that I first and foremost will always be an actor. Um so I don't know if I would take on the stress <laughs> of doing something that I wouldn't be acting in. Um I know it's it's double the work, but it's mm-hmm. just really gratifying for me. But with that being said, Having acted and produced in this one, I did really, really appreciate having like other sets of eyes, right? Because it's so hard to be objective about yourself and your craft. Um, So if I was to direct and star in something, I would, I would want a co-director also, Mm -hmm. um, especially for the scenes that I would be in um, and just kind of hand off the reins and be like, this is kind of what we were talking about is what we were envisioning, but I'm going to leave this up to your discretion. You do what you think is best for the film because, you know, as an actor, like I'll get hung up on the stupid details. Like what is my hair doing in this shot? Like, why does my face look like that? Um, (laughs) As opposed to being like, Oh, the lighting is so great. You know, Um, it would be much more interesting for the story and the narrative. If we shot it from this angle, (laughs) instead of like no that's not a good lighting for me (laughs) right this is my good side guys this is my good side you have to shoot from here (laughs) i'm feeling a bit bloated today so only close-ups yeah 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 no that's that's fascinating to me um i i am i i want to know though jackie why did you decide to get to the 
into the business like was there a certain film or tv show that you watched one day and you're like that is what i want to do i want to be a part of the the behind the scenes or in front of the camera as i'm watching these stories be brought to life Mm. i feel like i should have an answer for that i I've just always wanted to be a performer and be an actor, like, since I was little. Um, I can't say that there's been a lot of movies that have, like, inspired me, great performances, great actors and actresses that I'm like, wow, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. One of the appeals to, like, go into acting was definitely, um, you know, you get to go to these places and you get to be these different kind of people um I kind of liked that I liked I liked the ability to kind of be a chameleon and just morph into these different characters I mm-hmm. yeah I don't I guess that doesn't does that answer your question <laughs> no yeah. it does yeah. I, I mean I, I like how you put it it's just you naturally always wanted to be a performer mm-hmm. um and I think that's pretty honest even though um it probably took you a while to see the performances and get the inspiration. But um, I think, yeah, that's, it's, it's like if I were to say, like, when I was little, I just knew I wanted to be a doctor, even though I'm not. <laughs> you know? I just, yeah. Or so Jackie, perform, Jackie went which, the doctor route and decided, uh, no, nah, this is somebody else's dream. I want to do my dream, which, yeah. which, I mean, basically, yeah, it sounds like, you know, it's, it's amazing that, uh, that you took the, the leap of professional faith to, to, to do that, uh, to pursue your to yeah. pursue it, your passion. Well, well, we've never. Oh, go ahead, Jackie. Oh no no no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask Will. Um, we've never talked about this, but what got you involved with comic books so much? What got me involved with comic books? Um, yeah. it was. I, I, well, honestly, just a natural love of comics, Star Wars. Um, my actually, and my dad. Every time I would go, he he introduced me to this shop in in Charlotte that uh, he would he was a he would make deliveries to sometimes as a truck driver, and uh, right. he he knew I was all into like Star Wars and GI Joe as a kid, and he was like, oh, he, let's see what after. Him, Getting my haircut, he would always take me every every Saturday, every few Saturdays. We would, we would go to Heroes Aren't Hard to Find, and uh, yeah, it just it just became like um, yeah, I just couldn't get enough of them, and um, yeah, and it still carries forward to to, to the day. Um, you know, my local shop, uh, Ultimate Comics, is it's the same thing. It's just it's just a thing I I really enjoy doing, and now passing it on to my kids. So, so when did you meet Barry Allen? When did I meet Barry Allen? I met Barry. I met the. Uh, I met the John Wesley Ship Barry Allen uh, earlier this summer, actually at uh, uh, SuperCon here in Raleigh, which was super awesome. He's like Jackie, just super super nice, down to earth. Good, <laughs> good, good to good to good to his fans and uh, very accessible. So uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty dope. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you just love to bring that up, don't you, Will? You brought it up. <laughs> love to bring that up. You. I understand you're very in the Hollywood crowd. I get it. No, okay. no, 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 no. 
giving me a hard time. You gotta um, come down to the lower 48 to a Comic Con, Sarah. Oh, it's too far. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get you down next year to San Diego over there. Yeah, you're so, uh, yeah, yeah. You you be there first. I'll, I'll be right there. Okay. <laughs> so my my last question about this, Jackie, is um, in terms we were talking about inspirations. Um, whether it's performance or just storytelling itself, if you were to have to point to like one or two films that probably inspired Look Into the Fire, what would they be? Mm. Like so I would say <laughs> it's a pretty good blend of Shutter Island meets Memento. Ooh. Wow, that's a high bar. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we were going to be of that caliber. I hope we are. But <laughs> what I'm saying as far as like the theme and the tone and the story, um, kind of like what influenced it, I would say those two. Um, yeah, that's kind of what we were, what Tim and I have been keeping in mind as we've been, you know, going through the script and going through the story and the shot list and stuff. Ooh, so so then if if Memento influenced, did you guys take the the neo noir elements um, with how they shot that movie and tried to apply it? Hmm, we did play around with a little bit of more like kind of darker lighting, more dramatic lighting. Um, I think visually speaking. Maybe not, maybe not as as dramatic as Memento was. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking more in terms of like, I guess, tone of of story, of kind of like the feel of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like, that yeah, color we didn't, we didn't, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Everything's gonna be in black and white, guys. <laughs> they just have to like pick out the gray. Yeah. It's gonna be clearly black and white, yeah. no gray, <laughs> no sepia happening. No sepia, grayscale, yeah. <laughs> oh man, those, are, those yeah. are the two films that we kind of were drawing influences from as far as um, making this one, yeah. Well, well, if those are your inspirations, then yeah, you really did need to find that ambulance because, good lord, yeah. <laughs> jeez, <laughs> oh man. So, um, also, are you guys gonna have a dragon in the movie? A dragon? Yeah, gonna take we're some gonna, inspiration gonna... from that other show. Yeah, so that's all gonna be added in post. Um, nice. There's the, the movie ends with me basically just like flying off on one of the dragons. And that's how. And there's a Polaroid. You get a pull at Daenerys. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it's just a black and white dragon. <laughs> we can't afford the color corrected one. <laughs> you can't even afford the now blue dragon. Because it's a dragon. Spoil alert. <laughs> Oh, oh, Jackie, Game of Thrones. It's, it's oh. dun dun. <laughs> so how did how did it resonate with you? Like, are you happy with this season, or are you the viewer who is kind of just like, really that that was it? 
I feel like coming off of season six, season six had a really high bar, right? They, they ended the season on like this crazy note. Um, but a lot happened in seven, a lot happened in my opinion. And I think as far as like moving the story along and getting everyone out of their usual areas and interacting with other characters and other lands, um, I don't know. I think it's called these days. What? You know, in the bedroom, I'm interacting with someone in the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sarah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a cool season. I liked it. I thought a lot happened, and I thought it moved more more or less quickly. There were some parts that dragged a little bit, but a lot of characters came and went as true Game of Thrones style. Mm. I only saw I don't know, what about you? How do you feel about it? Um, I, I, like you said, season six kind of (laughs) took the wind from the sails of season seven, because you have the, one of my, probably my favorite episode of Game of Thrones is The Door, with yeah. and we get explained what happened to Hodor and it took me so um I it was so unexpected it was such great storytelling and it's kind mm-hmm. of a standalone episode that if you just take out um if Will were down tonight and just watch that one episode he would understand so much about those characters hmm. um, yeah. And I love that about that episode and it also had the Battle of the Bastards it also had that season mm-hmm. finale where Cersei mm-hmm. just pulled one over on everyone. And that opening where you, it's such a Godfather moment that I love it. <laughs> and I love how they set it up because it's only music that then to bring us a seven episode season where you're right, a lot happens. There's a lot of momentum. Finally, a lot of characters are coming together literally um but there also just was this this lack of attention to detail and attention to characters almost that i wish we had more time with maybe if we had more time in winterfell then the aria and sansa payoff that occurred in the finale would have worked more than it did i i hear what you're saying yeah I feel like maybe they were they were kind of playing off of the assumption that they've already developed the characters and we kind of had these assumptions of who these characters are already. Right. Um there there were still a couple of twists though. I, I agree. I think the Sansa and Arya scene interactions, I think that was a little rushed. I think that the whole little finger thing trial, I think that could have been more um like dramatic (laughs) yeah (laughs) they kind of you know like stretched out the sisterly interaction a little bit more i agree um it's like they showed us just enough for us to like assume this is what this is what they wanted us to think and then they tried to twist it on us yeah but it was so thin and it kind of it felt very convoluted in that maybe this interaction would have made sense three seasons ago but these like if you're going off the assumption that the audience knows these characters 
why did it feel like Sansa and Arya were playing season one versions of themselves instead of season seven? Like they've come so far, they've they've come into grown into their own people that it just didn't make sense to me why there was a lot of um, suspicion there. Um, it, because I thought that they now that they have gone on past, there wouldn't be that pettiness that siblings have. But sure. maybe I'm wrong. That being said, with the little finger stuff, the only payoff I got was actually in retrospect because I kept seeing those images of that scene compared to season one and Littlefinger's interaction with Ned Stark, where he had the the knife up to um, up to Ned's throat, and so they mm-hmm. did a role reversal, which in retrospect it just made that scene suddenly a ten instead of when I was first watching it. <laughs> Like that's awesome. I it was a really gratifying things. moment. <laughs> so gratifying. Yeah, and I mean, he's. I think it's poetic justice because they cut his throat, and that's why he um, bleeds to death. And Littlefinger is known for manipulation and using his words more than his sword, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, wh- I gotta ask you, Jackie, what did you? What do you think happened with Tyrion and Cersei in that room that we did not see? That made him convince her to... Yes. Well, I think that Cersei knew all along that she was not going to genuinely help them. I mean, she went up to Jamie afterwards and said, like, I agreed to it, but that's not my plan. You know, right. she's planning on throwing them under the bus the first chance she gets. But then she was confronted with the reality of there are White Walkers out there. So I think when Tyrion went and spoke to her, he probably did his best to reason. And she probably just took that, you know, manipulativeness that she has and made him think that he's talked her into it, mm. perhaps. Mm. I don't I, you can never trust Cersei. You can't trust her. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's it's odd to me because the, they cut it right after Tyrion realizes that she's pregnant. And then she's I pregnant. feel like. Yeah. Yeah. She's pregnant. And then we jump back to Danny and John. And that's such a deliberate cut that I'm mm-hmm. just wondering what part of the conversation did they not want us to know about? now and that'll mm-hmm. be really um revealed in season eight because there there was something missing and then i'm also suspicious because there's that awkward moment when danny and john are hooking up and Tyrion's <laughs> outside like oh god this is doom which is it guilt or is it more that because there's a possibility he might have sold danny and john out to cersei and he might oh. be trying to protect because people keep bringing up the idea that when Tyrion finds out Cersei is pregnant, you also get reminded how much he loved his nieces and nephews, despite everything. Yeah. So if she's pregnant, she's not only using that to also leverage against Jamie, but also leverage against Tyrion um, for protection. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even think of it that way. Oh, I like to see the the worst in people. No, (laughs) 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 I'm very suspicious of all of them because you don't. You don't. Cersei feels about this pregnancy. I wonder if she's like genuinely wanting to be a mom again, or if she's she knows that this is what's going to give her leverage. Exactly. Like that's a distinct possibility as well because that mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but did so, they say what's on that? Or do we sorry. do we know for sure? Do we know for sure like who who the father is? Um, if there is a kid, it's Jamie's. Um, because they they did show them hooking up. Right. In in a reasonable amount of time to when she was like, hey, look, I'm pregnant. So convenient. Mm hmm. But I mean, I've also heard speculation that she's going to die at childbirth if she is, in fact, pregnant. And then that'll be poetic justice for everything she put Tyrion through because he killed their mother at childbirth. So it's kind of like full circle. Hmm. I've heard that. Um, It's also that a lot of people tie that possibility into this season five premiere um, um, flashback where they show the young Cersei and that. um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I forget what they call it, but um, the fortune teller, I guess I'm going to say. Right. um, It was like the omen or the premonition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The premonition of what's going to happen. And so far, everything's come right. But I don't recall the line that indicates there being another child, which makes me put doubt that there is even a kid at all. And it's just mm. not pure Cersei manipulation. She's so good at it, though. <laughs> I, I love I, I think like. When this all wraps up, we'll remember a lot of individuals, but Cersei's going to stand out as that that villain character that people, writers need to look to on how to craft a well-rounded villain for their shows mm-hmm. because she's been in all of these seasons and I'm not tired of her. No. Like, she evolves <laughs> and I sympathize with her and I get her, but I also hate her. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's such a contrast between, like, the other villains that you just hate nonstop, you know? Yeah, like Ramsay. Oh, God. Ramsay and then... Littlefinger, Joffrey. (laughs) There's so many of them. Even Littlefinger, though, despite him not being... He didn't have a Cersei season five where she, she did go through an arc of redemption. But Littlefinger also... I feel like I have to like him because if it were not for him and his ploys, we would not have a show. That is true. <laughs> he's, he's kind of the reason why all of this has happened. <laughs> and that's why they cut his throat. Because <laughs> he's the reason. <laughs> all right. Jackie, are you for or against John and Danny hooking up? Um, I mean, incest aside, I I really want to like them together. I think, I think they could be a really good power couple ruling together if that were the way things could pan out. 
<laughs> did you pick up on that, Will? I did. Incest aside. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the Flash fans, you know, the, the, the ongoing debate is Barry and Iris being, even though they're not related, growing up in the same house as essentially brother and sister come to mind. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of the reason why a lot of viewers are like, well, does it count? Because they they don't know that they are nephew and aunt. Like, it's not even brother and sister dynamics. There, there's also a, um, a point in between the bloodline. So is that bad? They also didn't grow up in the same house. They they grew up on very separate parts of this universe um, that has been created. So, so how, so does it count or is it weird that we kind of want this to happen because they are so similar and they've been both been so, through so much that they are almost owed this happiness. Um, but it is, it, it is fascinating, especially when you compare it to how viewers view Cersei and Jamie who did yeah. grow up in the same house, who are brother and sister. Oh, wait, they're not just brother and sister. They're twins. <laughs> uh. <laughs> There's, like, a lot of layers there. Uh. <laughs> it's tough putting that incest aside. <laughs> but I feel like that incest already kind of conditioned us to accept it in the series, right? Right, We're like, exactly. well, it's that bad. I mean, it's not as bad as them. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, there's like levels of wrong I guess I don't know it's it's a weird topic to talk about <laughs> there's also character speaking I I don't know I, I'm kind of kind of like them teaming up maybe not hooking up but teaming up I like the idea of that I'll say it I'm a Targaryen sympathizer I liked it because Kit Harrington is really hot and that was a hot scene I'm gonna put it out there okay I really really liked it and I'm not ashamed so I may be blushing right now but really not ashamed about this okay it was a good scene because on top of it it's really hot but on the other side of it I loved what they did with the story elements involved because they spliced the revelation about their their family ties across these two characters trying to seek cof- comfort in one another and um, realizing that they are they, like they, there's a spark there. Um, and they also they contrast that with the tale of Rhaegar and Liana, which mm-hmm. is such an another fascinating tale. I mean, we hear all of these rumors about the spinoff series, and I I think that that forbidden love affair between Rhaegar and Liana is just perfect setup to be told mm-hmm. in a mini series and a condensed story. Um, and it and it is fascinating because not only is it the revelation that. Um, they are aunt and nephew, but it's also this idea that John's the rightful heir. Um, which, yeah. at this on one hand, it's like, okay, I got to tell them because they they clearly should not be doing this. They should not be together because that's <laughs> incestuous. But it's also that political aspect of will Danny turn on him? Like, how will Danny? 
Like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I know how John's going to react, but I'm more curious about Danny because John is suddenly a threat to everything she believed herself to be. Right. And that's, that is fascinating. So I make no apologies. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get a shirt now, Will, that says. Yeah. <laughs> I know what to get you. For, I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> um, uh, and meanwhile, while all of that love is happening, go north of the wall. Oh wait, there is no freaking wall anymore. Wow. Yeah, that dragon just took that down so much easier than I expected. <laughs> Yeah, that, that dragon. I thought there was going to be like a huge showdown or another epic battle of some sort. And it was just, just like, nope. It's but false. I was cringing during that scene, Jackie, because I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. I'm just going to laugh. Um, I was cringing because of the CGI in that scene. I, I don't know about you, but I... Really yeah, it could have been better. It could have been better. It wasn't on par with the rest of rest of the series. Um, ah, I don't know. I'm so mixed about it. I feel like um, if you were to watch this series 10 years from now, you're going to fast forward through that scene because you know what happens and the CGI really won't hold up and it's going to take you out of it. It's just... Ah. I'm, yeah. I'm very disappointed in that because it should have been such a a big moment. And for me, because it wasn't there with the special effects, I kind of, I felt like the show went out, went out on a whimper. Like yeah. it just wasn't, it took me out of it. And I'm like, seriously, like they keep showing the shot of um, the night King on the dragon, which is supposed mm-hmm. to be really cool. It's, it should look yeah. like Danny. <laughs> mechanical bull ride look to it for sure. <laughs> love it. Just love it. <laughs> oh man. So so Jackie, what are your season eight predictions? Oh God. I don't even know. I oh I've said this before. I don't like to look at I don't like to look ahead. I'm not like I don't want to hear about the spoilers. I don't want to hear about the rumors. I just want to enjoy the show for what it is. <laughs> um I I don't know. I feel like going going back, like the teams that I was rooting for, I was super big on like Team Marjorie for the longest time. I thought she was going to make it to the end. I really thought mm-hmm. she did. Um, and then obviously she didn't. Um, nope. Now, now I'm, <laughs> I want to be Team Danny. I really do. But I just, I don't know. I get a bad feeling. Like I think something's not going to happen. Okay. Um, so okay, I, let me let me rephrase it, Jackie. Okay. Who's going to die, John or Danny, at the end of the series? At the end of the series, I, I'm afraid that everyone's going to die. Oh, <laughs> well, that's <sounds> fun. <laughs> I think I think that I think Danny's definitely going to die. I think she's going to go out. Um, she's, I think she's going to lose her dragons. I think she's going to go. 
I think John is. See, the thing is, John can't die though. He like he gets killed and he just comes right back every time. So maybe he'll like sacrifice himself heroically for the kingdoms or for what he believes in. But I think he's going to end up coming back. They're gonna they're not going to end the season with like happy ending. Okay. Maybe he'll become yeah. a White Walker or something, you know? Ew. <laughs> Are you, have you, well, no, you probably haven't because you just admitted that you don't pay attention to spoilers, but. I, I like, I steer away from them. I'm the person, like, at the end of the episode, I don't even watch the whole, like, next week, you know? I don't watch that. Because uh, I, like I, I don't either. Un, like, I, I just want to be completely, like. I don't know what to expect, but I'm going to enjoy the ride, you know? Can I throw out some theories that you might find to be really interesting? Okay, sure. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> this, this one caught me off guard and is crazy. I feel like Will came up with it and it just went all over my Twitter page. But it's the <laughs> idea that um, the Night King is actually Bran Stark. The Night King is Bran Stark. Yeah. Did I say his name right? Well, because they're... Because... So if we go back to the Hodor episode, Mm -hmm. they talk about um, Bran's ability as a three-eyed raven to play with time. And Mm -hmm. so there could be another moment that we're approaching to where Bran messes with time again and that creates this endless cycle and this story from being just a loop of time Mm. a time loop um and it's always goes back so yes all of the characters die as you predicted and he becomes the night king and it's just a full circle it's a paradox interesting but But, okay so so messing with time like i get that but then he would have to simultaneously exist in two places during the same time frame because he would be Bran and then he would be the Night King. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I, just, I don't I know. Didn't I'm think it was not that. I'm just going to put it out there. I I can't explain it. It's definitely not my theory. I, yeah. I don't want them to end on kind of a... Um, a sci-fi moment, I feel like um, for this show to really pay off, either Danny or John has to go. There has to be a kid and this idea of legacy and the story being told um, and just yeah. and just um, a, more of a bittersweet ending than everybody dies. I also don't like that idea. I've, I've heard the concept that they're just going to go over a graveyard and see all of the names of all of the characters. But I, I like the idea that even after a show, this, this world still exists and mm. stories are still like this story that we've watched unfold for the past eight years or so mm-hmm. um, will be told for future generations. I just, I don't, I don't like shut the book and it's over. Yeah, okay. I've heard one theory um, where it's actually Samwell who is telling the whole story. Oh. So he he survives to the very end because, like, all of these books are his, basically. Because they focus a lot of time on him. 
and he doesn't right. really do a lot contributing to the overall plot of things. You know what I mean? Hey, he um, found out about the annulment. He found out about the mm-hmm. annulment. So he knows like all the he knows all the <laughs> secrets. <laughs> no, but that uh, makes sense. Yeah. So I have heard that theory begrudgingly. Um like, I mean it doesn't reveal like who lasts, who makes it to the end. You know, who who gets the iron throne. It doesn't reveal anything about that. But I have heard that he's the narrator. And I think there was a mention of um, when he was at the Citadel talking to the old man, um, something about the books that he was transcribing. He would uh-huh. have picked a better title or mm. I don't remember the quote exactly, but he made a side reference to the books, you know. Right. Right. No, I like that. I like it. I think that makes sense. That that kind of sounds like an ending that I, I, I it fits this genre. I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. It fits this yeah. genre to have something like that occur. All right. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, Jackie, have you seen Ozark mm-hmm. season one? I'm working my way through it. I'm just over halfway through. That's, that's- I like it. That's where I am at as well. I'm just uh, yeah. about halfway through episode six. Yeah, I'm at either six or seven. I can't remember. I have to see whatever my Netflix is stuck on. But <laughs> 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 I lose track. You know, I just press play, and then when I stop, I stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm at episode five. I have no idea when I'm going to return to the show because I don't like it. But... Oh. Uh. <laughs> Well, well then. Well, Jackie, you and I can talk about it then. <laughs> no, I, I do want to hear your thoughts, though, you guys. I had to watch the first episode three times before I could get into it, though. Because I think the first time I saw, like, the first ten minutes of it, and I kind of got distracted. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I didn't come back for a minute. And then everyone said it was so good. It was so good. I watched it a second time. I think I got, like, maybe 20 minutes into it. Mm-hmm. And then I got distracted again. Um but when he finally, when people started dying, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> you, that, <laughs> potty, potty. I was like, things are actually going to happen. Okay, I'll watch. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was, I had the exact same kind of thing. I didn't watch it three times, but um, it did take me, you know, it took a while for it to, to build up because it was just such, mm-hmm. such a long setup. And I yeah, was like, I was like, you know, and, I, and like you, I've read all these great things. It's like, you know, um, how great it is and stuff. And then once, I, once you know, once it finally did get to the, you know, when the drug, uh, when the kingpin finally showed up and, you know, mm-hmm. often folks, I was like, oh, I like this in a sadistic <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> I was like, I like, it just got interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I do take issue with folks who are trying to compare it to, to Breaking Bad. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's like, you know, Breaking Bad 2.0. I think it's its own mm. kind yeah. you know, the standalone, that you know, Walter White versus uh, Marty are just two different characters with two different motivations. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's lazy to, like, compare it to. Yeah. Okay. I will remove the comparison from the rundown, Will. I got the message. No, I'm not. 
No, Sarah, I it was. I think a comparison might be made, but I don't I mean, think it's a strong enough comparison. No, it's just, I mean, you know, okay, if you want to have, like, you know, family man, family, I mean, white male who is, like, you know, middle, you know, Midlife crisis. Midlife crisis, yeah, yeah kind of deal. But, you know, in Marty's case, he's like, you know, a masochist who's, like, continuing to watch his wife, like, get an affair. Versus <laughs> Walter, who's dealing with cancer. No equivalent here, y'all. Right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, plus so then... Walter. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, plus I sense with Breaking Bad, Walter's motivations for all his actions were very different from... Um, God, what is his name? Marty. What is his name? The Marty. Marty. Marty, yeah. Marty. And Marty's motivations, you know, like Marty is just he's he's unapologetic. He knows exactly what he does. He knows who, exactly who he works for. He's very like methodical and like, okay, so this is the problem. This is how we fix it. Yeah. This is what I need to do. This is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna screw over whoever we need to, good or bad, in order to make sure that our survival is ensued. Whereas I feel like Walter was always kind of like begrudgingly doing it, like doing it because he had to out of necessity mm-hmm. or he was being forced to, or he like literally could not see any other option. And yeah. then he grew into that role. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I know there's those comparisons, but the other thing that you, what you touched on earlier, Jackie, which, and Sarah and I have talked about this as well, is uh, the show got kind of it drags. It's the, slow in a lot of points, so yeah. Slow. Yeah, the pacing, <laughs> the pacing, uh, you know, uh, there, I wish they'd just cut some of the episodes down from an hour to just like 40 minutes. Or, or, mm-hmm. or yeah, because mm-hmm. this is, I think it was like episode five. I, I, it took me like a few days to get through it because it was just like, <laughs> it's just so slow and, and you know, and also like you to your point about being distracted, I said the same thing to Sarah is that I was like, Yeah, I'm watching it but you know, I'm doing other stuff too because it's it's it, it's good, but it's not yeah. like appointment television good. No. Right, right, right. Yeah, I've had so, it I've had it in the background as I'm doing other stuff. Yeah, and see, to me that doesn't make it a good show if you're if you can if you can do other stuff while you're watching something, that means it's not engaging and it's not captivating. Um, and the way the show was hyped for me, it sounded like that's what it was. Like, no, there's mm-hmm. a really good story happening that causes you to want to stop everything and just uh, submerge yourself into this this universe that they've created. And I'm just like sitting here like, ah, this is this is bad. Um, and I was talking I was talking to my mom who hasn't seen the show last night about it and the way I explained it, my biggest issue with this is I feel like this show doesn't do situational irony correctly. Where I feel like we're often told what's going to happen, like where these characters are going to intersect and how the conflict is gonna be be formed way in advance. And then the next mm-hmm. episode allows that conflict to occur and it plays out pretty much how you expect. So I'm not sitting there like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm yeah. more like that happened. Okay. Check that happened. Check. 
what? Why do I care? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I had that moment while watching episode six uh, with the um, that's what the the, the, the Ruth. I guess that's not her, her father, but is that her older brother, the guy with the beard? Mm-hmm. And the uh, uh, I assume this is an FBI agent or PI. The yeah. yeah. And you know they were uh, they were fly fishing and stuff. And then in episode six, I mean, I'll, I, I guess I can spoil it for you, Sarah, because that's like you're gonna come back. <laughs> I've been there. I, I've seen that episode. Okay. Yeah, they're there to get the hook up, and I'm like, okay. We, we all knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, and I guess yeah. that's yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're, it, they're, it does. Yeah, it, it sets it up a little too predictably, like yeah. you said, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, it has like it, 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 in pockets, it has very good moments, but. To your point, Sarah, it is one of those things like, and you, and you too, Jackie, we all we all have agreed that it's one of those things that's kind of on in the background. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it doesn't make it a bad show. No. I still, I mean, like, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I like too. watching it. And then I have tons of shows that I love that I have in the background that I yeah. can't dedicate, like, yeah. 100% uh, of my attention to. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, it's, it's not in humans level. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was overhyped, though. I will agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my expectations were a little high for it, which is why I was like, ah, just can't get into it. Yeah. Well, um, I, I also go through the show, and I'm like, how is Will beating me on this binge watch? Usually I'm like four <laughs> episodes in advance. What is happening? <laughs> I know. I feel like, hey, I'm winning this time. <laughs> yeah. I the am fact that we're all of... hovering at six is like none of us have finished it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very telling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's not like the fenders where I was like, okay, gotta get this done. I mean, not in a right. bad way, but it's just like you know, uh, it, even though even though it was we Sarah, we both agreed that the defenders ending was a bit of a letdown, but um. It, it still was one of those things where it's like about midway through, it's just like, oh, got to finish this. It's like, I got to see what's going to happen next. Whereas this, I'm like, okay, I'll get back to it. I like it, but it's not like I got to finish it like in a certain t- period of time. You, you remember what episode was a game changer for you and me with the Defenders? It episode six, six, Will. Yep, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am kind of um, taken aback that you both, it sounded like, didn't, like the pilot episode? I would you agree uh, with that? Of this show? Of the Ozarks? The first one. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. It's it's like Will said, it just it took a long time to set up it, it took a long time to set up before you got to like a, a hook part. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Before There's they got to Ozark. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. before they even got to the reason why they had to go to Ozark, you know, there was just this talk about like the relationship talk and then like work talk. And then, yeah, eh, I, I think it was like a good 15, 20 minutes before they got into plot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm like, okay, like Marty's like sitting there, you know, his financial planning guy. And he's like watching his wife, you know, the PIs work on the computer while he's at this appointment. I was kind of like, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is weird. Why do I? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. why are you doing this, dude? It, 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 yeah, but, and I was like, okay, 
why is this show supposed to be so like exciting? <laughs> or yeah, just... it wasn't exciting right off the bat. Yeah. Um, it was but, a little uh, plot heavy. Yeah. Oh, that's because for me, I, I think probably the second episode was the fastest moving for me, but yeah, the first episode was right up there with it. And I don't know why. Um, well, I, I think part of it had to do with I love that opening monologue that um, they gave when he talks about the um, importance of money and how much how much worth is placed on it. And mm-hmm. and you just get I felt like for a moment I was inside Marty's mind and then they gave us reasons for me not to want to be inside Marty's right mind, especially during that office scene that Will talked about. And and I I just sometimes I appreciate the setup I guess, um, and it, if for whatever reason it worked for me. And then when they got to Ozark, I'm just like, okay, we're here. Yeah, well, I would agree with I you that that I agree with you that that setup it, it started out strong, but then it just to me it lost all that momentum because it had that first opening monologue was so strong, and then right. it just kind of it just lost all that momentum until. You, Isai Morales shows up and like starts killing everyone. So and his hands start killing everyone, and it was just kind of this like lull in the middle where I'm like, okay, I'm just not feeling this right now. But now I am. Killing <laughs> everyone, throwing ex or lovers out of the window, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I love it. Jason Bateman responded to that re- like his reaction to that moment was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he gets back in his car. Yeah. <laughs> <Nope>. hey, <laughs> so natural. Any one yeah. of us would have done that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was. That, yeah. That 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 definitely has been the yeah the highlight of the show. The uh, one of the main, main highlights that comes out of the, at least the six shows I've watched. What do yeah. y'all think about What do y'all think about Ruth? I I didn't like her at first, but I really like her. Yeah, she grew on me as well. I think she's feisty. Yeah, Yeah, she's feisty. She's a completely different element Mm -hmm. in this world, but she fits in the Ozarks so well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think if I were to return to the show, which I'm still on the fence if I'm going to actually finish it or not, um, is it's because I want to know what happens to Ruth. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I, I honestly don't care about Marty or any of the family. I really, that's, well, maybe his daughter, maybe his daughter, but Ruth is definitely the linchpin for me. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's why I'm stuck with it to this point is because as the shows have developed, as she's been fleshed out as a character, she is definitely one of the, definitely the most interesting one on there. And then Marty being the close, then being second. Because I do want to see she... want to see how he uh, how he handles the uh, the local uh, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, basically the local boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. How is it? Do you think that Ruth is able to command so much power? Like all her brothers, like they just are afraid of her. She seems to wield like. Unusual amount of <laughs> intelligence, it, yeah. I think, I but I feel like in the backwoods, I feel like in the backwoods, like intelligence doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but she's like that street smarts. I mean, you know, it's a street smarts intelligence, and yeah. and I think also just her, just her, that feisty personality. I think she just 
the heart of brothers are just such dullards. And, and I think, you know, because of her street smartness and whereas these other guys, they truly are just, you know, just not smart at all, both intellectually or street smart. She could just, <laughs> she could just bend them any way that, that she wants to, uh, to get her, get them to do what, what she wills. Whereas, I think, you know, I think that's why I enjoy the interplay between Marty and Ruth because they just play so play well off each other's both strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Because I love the scene how, you know, because Marty kept saying, you know, whenever he was recruiting her, you know, I'll, you know he just kept trying to you know, hold things back, hold things back. And then finally, whenever, you know, he, you know, they dropped the money off in the deposit box and then, mm-hmm. and then further down the scene, you know, whenever they were coming up with the plan to, you know, take over the strip club, mm-hmm, she like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, no, I can't tell you that. And she just like <laughs> threw it back at him. And I was like, I, you know, those are moments that keep me like engaged in the show because there's other points of it. You know, actually, I found Laura Linney's character like, just, I'm not, I'm not feeling her. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Ozarks is one of those that's like failed to live up to the hype that some of the critics have given to it category yeah, yeah. not so much yeah but if I didn't have that um, hype like if I didn't have all that like build up I still would have I still would say it's a good show yeah, I like I, it I like it I, I still I think enjoy watching it yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll make my way through it. <laughs> yeah, yep. I feel like I, I've committed six hours to it, so I need to like just finish up the last four. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think the last, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think actually, I think the the tenth episode is actually eighty minutes. So really, yeah. Huh. Well, Will's gonna tell me why I should watch it if he yeah yeah. It. We were supposed to convince you to, to either stay with us. Jackie or not, but it sounds like we're trying to <laughs> convince Sarah to stay with us. <laughs> As per usual, I'm the slow starter. I don't know. It's just not working for me, guys. It's just not, well, not we, what I wanted. We just need to talk about glow sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we did talk about glow. Yeah, but come back to it. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to catch up, sir. You're no, holding us back too. Yet, I'm so. holding, yeah, exactly. I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up. So we're all in different places. <laughs> no, he he did me proud because he prioritized Mr. Robot. So we're all ready for season three. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. How about speaking of which, uh, I'm so excited to see Rami as uh, Freddie Mercury. Can't wait for Can't wait for Bohemian yeah, Rhapsody. Yeah, season three of that. Yeah. Looks good. That photo. My God. Yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be. A, it kind of feels like a make or break moment for him, though. Like if he's able to deliver on that film, then he can do both mediums. Um, where if it doesn't work and it falls apart, then I, I'm fearful if he's gonna be given another opportunity, or if he's mm. just gonna get stuck in like this Elliot Alderson pigeonhole. Because those are very different characters. Very. Very, very different. But yeah, good segue. Well, good segue. Yeah, good yeah. <laughs> Bring it all back. That's why you're here, sir. That's why I'm here. All right. 
Jackie, why don't you tell um, our listeners where they can find you on Twitter? I am all over Twitter. I'm at Jax Dallas, J-A-X-D-A-L-L-A-S. Um, pretty accessible on there. I respond back to tweets, retweets. Um, I'm also on Instagram, same handle, at Jax Dallas. And I'm on Facebook, Jackie Dallas. Um, yeah. Nice. I don't have Snapchat. I just can't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't snap, guys. I just can't. I just can't get into it. Well, don't it. worry. You know, Facebook, <laughs> we'll, we'll make a run at them again. They'll get, they'll get bought up by them. So. <laughs> <You know. laughs> they're all kind of the same after a while anyways. Yeah. All the, same. all the apps are. Yeah, they're all starting to blend. <laughs> Will, can people find you on Snapchat? Uh, you can, but I really don't snap much. So the best place to find me is on at on Twitter at Will M Polk. That's W I L L M P O L K. And I cannot snap at all, so you got to find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please also follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, go to iTunes and SoundCloud to rate, subscribe, and comment on all of our shows. And you can also catch us on the CastBox Android app. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>